This week's edition of the Detroit Bureau's Headlight News is brought to you by Toyota. Take your adventures further with the RAV4 Hybrid's advanced engine that produces an ample 219 combined net horsepower and has an EPA-estimated 40 combined MPG. A hybrid-exclusive XSE-grade pushes it further with its sport-tuned suspension and styling. Visit toyota.com slash rav4hybrid to find out more. This is thedetroitbureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein. Welcome. It was a busy week in the automotive world, and here are some of the big stories we've been covering on thedetroitbureau.com. Things are getting increasingly rough for U.S. motorists. OPEC last week announced plans to cut back oil production by up to 2 million barrels a day, a move that immediately sent the price of petroleum skyrocketing. Motorists already are feeling it at the pump, with the U.S. average for a regular no-lead again approaching $4 a gallon after having fallen for three consecutive months. But that's not the only worry. Vehicle prices continue to surge as well. And as the DetroitBureau.com reported, a record number of U.S. car buyers are now paying more than $1,000 a month for their loans. Experts warn that as the economy cools, demand for new vehicles may plummet. As we've reported, automotive stocks have had a hard time on Wall Street lately, particularly startups like Lordstown, Nikola, and Atlas. Rivian is expected to be slammed by investors due to a major recall announced over the weekend. But one manufacturer is defying the trend. Porsche launched an IPO on September 29th, and after a brief dip, its shares have been soaring. In fact, the iconic sports car company is now valued by investors at around $86 billion. That's more than its former parent, German giant Volkswagen. As has become the norm, it seems, there was lots of EV news last week, starting with word that New York is adopting the zero emissions rules set by California, which means phasing out sales of new gas and diesel vehicles by 2035. Federal law lets states choose between federal emissions standards and the tougher mandates set by California. At least 17 states are expected to adopt the all-electric guidelines by next year. Tesla announced it's getting ready to roll out an important new product. No, not the eagerly awaited Cybertruck. The EV company says it'll finally launch production of its battery electric semi, and that it'll first be delivered to PepsiCo. Toyota should be ready to get back into the EV market. Sales and production of the company's little BZ4X had to be put on hold because of a defect that could cause the compact SUV's wheels to fall off. The automaker has isolated the cause and says it now has a fix. New versions of the BZ4X should soon start rolling into U.S. showrooms again. And finally, Honda pulled the covers off its Prologue SUV, the brand's first long-range battery electric vehicle. It's planning to launch sales of the Prologue in 2024, about the same time it debuts a new electric SUV for its Acura brand. Both models were developed as part of a joint venture with GM. And those are the stories making headlines on thedetroitbureau.com. Now for the week's top story, here's Joe Sesney. Thanks, Paul. New vehicle sales finally took a turn for the better with Toyota, Hyundai, Kia, and Volvo reporting strong monthly sales numbers for September. Meanwhile, General Motors posted robust sales results for the full third quarter, increasing 24% as it surged past Toyota, the industry sales leader for the same period last year, and the sales leader for all of 2021. BMW, Volkswagen, and Porsche also reported sales improvements for the third quarter. However, supply chain problems and signs of resistance to high prices haunted some of automakers last month. A long string of companies, including Ford, Honda, Stellantis, Nissan, Subaru, and Mazda, all reported sales dropped in September or during the third quarter. 
Higher prices negatively impacted some sales numbers, while putting a dent in the wallets and purses of some buyers. With sales prices rising, Edmonds reported 14.3% of consumers who financed a new vehicle purchased in the third quarter are paying $1,000 or more per month. That's the highest number recorded by Edmonds, and that's compared to 12.2% in the second quarter and 8.3% a year ago. In addition, more than one in four Americans who financed an EV, which are still relatively difficult to find on dealer lots, also agreed to a monthly payment of $1,000 or more for this past summer. That's this week's top story. Now let's go to Jeff Zerschmied, who has our review. Thanks, Joe. The 2022 BMW i4 eDrive 40 is the brand's latest electric vehicle. The i4 comes with the same four-door with liftback Grand Coupe bodywork as the rest of the 4 Series, making this EV both attractive and functional. The i4 is available with a single motor and rear-wheel drive with 335 horsepower, or as the dual-motor all-wheel drive M50 with 536 horsepower. Our test car for the week was the less powerful rear-drive model, but it offers respectable performance, pulling 0-60 to 60 in 5.5 seconds. BMW didn't skimp on the battery pack either, with 301 miles of range. The i4 accepts up to 200 kilowatts of DC fast charging, and that's enough juice to get the car from 0 to 80% charge in 31 minutes, or you can add 102 miles of range in just 10 minutes. With a 240 volt charger like most EV owners have at home, you can charge the i4 from 0 to 100% in less than 8 hours. Inside, the i4 is all ultra-modern simplicity with a big touchscreen that stretches more than halfway across the dash. We had just one complaint. Our new iPhone 13 Pro Max in its protective case doesn't fit into the wireless charging pad in the console. On the road, the i4 is fast, stable, and smooth. The center of gravity is about 2 inches lower than the rest of the 4 series, and that helps with ride and handling. The basic i4 we tested starts at $55,900, but BMW will let you pick and choose your options a la carte, so you can get the features you want and still bring the i4 home for less than $60,000. For a luxury EV with that kind of range and performance, we'll call that a great deal. That's this week's review. Now, Mike Strong will tell us what's coming in the week ahead. Thanks, Jeff. Later this month, Detroit-area automakers Ford and GM, with Stellantis to follow in early November, will release their third-quarter earnings results, which is to say they're going to be relatively quiet for the next few weeks. However, we've still got plenty to write about this week, starting with our review of the 2023 Kia Niro. We headed just north of San Diego for a few days last month at the invitation of the South Korean brand to drive the new crossover. Although I can't reveal much here, Kia's forged a new public perception about the brand, increasing sales in the process with the expansion of its utility vehicle lineup. Find out what we think of the 2023 model Monday. We also spent a few days driving the 2023 Volkswagen ID.4 in Nashville recently, the now US-built ID.4. We'll also reveal our feelings about that vehicle on Monday too. On the business side, Tesla CEO Elon Musk has been given the green light to resume his pursuit of social media outlet Twitter. The company's stock has been hit a little bit as he wades back into the morass that is that deal. We'll keep an eye on that effort and any impact it has on the EV sales leader as it also approaches its third quarter earnings report October 19th. We're back on the road again, headed back to Nashville this week to drive the 2023 Toyota Crown, the company's newest model, as well as going back to California, this time near Los Angeles, to check out Honda's newest CRV plug-in hybrid. 
While we'll have to wait a bit before offering our impressions on these new vehicles, if other news breaks during those trips, we'll be on the spot to report it. Those are just some of the items we'll be writing about at the DetroitBureau.com this week. Now let's check in with Larry Prince for a look back at automotive history. Larry? Thanks, Mike. Time to take a road trip back into the self-propelled past with this week in automotive history. This week in 1939, the Lincoln Continental debuts, originally meant as a one-off for Etzel Ford during his time in Palm Beach. Designed by Eugene Gregory and powered by a V12 engine, it is described by architect Frank Lloyd Wright as the most beautiful car ever built, a point we wouldn't dispute. In 1949, the first Ferrari GT debuts at the Paris Motor Show. Designed by Touring of Milan, the Ferrari 166 Inter is the first Ferrari to be built for the road rather than the racetrack. Its 95.2-inch wheelbase and tubular chassis hold a single-overhead cam 2-liter V12. Mated to a 5-speed manual transmission that produces 90 horsepower. Top speed? 93 miles per hour. In 1960, Pontiac introduces its first compact, the Tempest, at the Paris Motor Show. Based on the Chevrolet Corvair's Y-body platform, the Tempest uses a front-engine, rear-drive layout and a rear-mounted transaxle for better weight distribution and a flat cabin floor. With as much as 155 horsepower, a 3-speed manual or 2-speed automatic, it is named Motor Trend's 1961 Car of the Year. 20 years later, in 1981, the last Triumph TR7 is built at British Leyland's solo hull plant in England. With Spartan interiors and bulky mechanical components, British sports cars fare badly against American muscle cars. Triumph would be among the last of the British sports cars that once ruled American roads alongside MG, Austin Healey, Sunbeam, Sigur, Lotus, and Jaguar. The last two being the sole survivors of this once vibrant segment. And that's the road we've traveled this week in automotive history. For TheDetroitBureau.com, I'm Larry Prince. Thanks, Larry, and that's it for now. You've been listening to TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein.